This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. So, hey, Shane. Hey, Tanya. We have with us today the fabulous Bo Pilgrim from Reed Insurance in Vidalia, Louisiana. So, you had to use the word fabulous? Fabulous. Okay. Yeah, we are pumped. We've never had a guest before. I know. Would you rather be the bodacious Bo rather than fabulous? Gosh, definitely not. I didn't think <laughs> definitely so. Definitely not. <laughs> It's getting worse, Tanya. <laughs> so, Bo is a, an insurance expert. We love having him, but he is also the president of a VA organization called IA Blueprint, as well as a B aficionado. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. yeah. We're going with the B stuff today. Right. Yeah, I love my Bs. I got about 30,000 girls that work for me. Wow. <laughs> wow. See, I'm just not going to even go there. I'm not going to even go there. So, Bo, tell us what we want to know about you. I'm the coolest guy in the room right Right now. This is probably true. Yeah, I'm sure. I really like life. I like what I do. I try to be really intentional about the things I do and I like saying no. You like saying no. Tell us about that. I learned several years ago that every time you say yes to something, you actually are saying no to something else, but involuntarily. So why not just go ahead and just say no to the things that you just really don't want to do or you're not really good at doing. So I'm not going to talk during this podcast. I'm just going to listen because I really need to know how to say no. The first thing you do is you just think, what is my life going to look like very shortly after if I say yes to this? And you get that mental image in your mind. It will scare you to death and you just it just comes out then. See, right around the corner, I'm like weeks away mm-hmm. from being out of two or three commitments that take up 50% of my time. Oh, and I am really close to being on this deal where I'm out and I'm going to see what my life looks like whenever we get to that point. Well, what you need to do is first you need to envision in your mind what it would be like if you said no, like three weeks post that period of time. So in Tommy Boy, there was the sales line. Why say why say no or why not say yes when yes feels so good, right? right? So this is the way I've lived my life. The sales guy part is like, you want to say yes. And it's gotten me in more trouble than I can count. So Bo and I have opposite theories on this because I say yes to almost everything. Because even if it's something I don't want to do, it leads to extraordinary opportunities later on. So I've always been a yes girl. But do you really say yes to everything or are you being selective? What you're saying yes to? I don't know. I mean, if it's not illegal or immoral or, you know, I pretty much say yes because, like I said, even if it's something that, I mean, I ended up getting to ride in the pace car of a NASCAR race one time and I can look back to the three yeses before that that got me to that point. Like, there's all these weird, quirky things that I've gotten to do because I said yes. Tanya, I'm going to say something and it may hurt your feelings. It's okay. But be strong. I think you're lying to yourself. <laughs> I think you're being selective on what you say yes to. That is compounding and leading to opportunities. And I think you are probably saying no to other things that would keep you from being able to get to those places you want to be. Now you're getting too deep for me. Sorry, I do that sometimes. I want to be better at this. This is an area that I do want to be better at. And Bo and I have talked about protecting our time. As agency owners, protecting your time becomes a really, really important thing to think about because we can fill our day with so many things 
that are unproductive or someone else can do that we tend to say yes to things more than not. And when we do that, actually our business suffers. And that goes back to my theory, you know, if somebody could do it 80% as well as I can, I let them do it. Oh yeah, I agree with that 100%. I think if we wind up giving ourselves over to that sort of thought process as we're growing in our business, we'll actually find out probably more times that the people that we hand off to, if we equip them correctly, will do it better than we do. In the last couple of days, I've had several experiences where I've had team members in both businesses that has done something and I watched them do it. And after I'm like, why didn't I give this to them before? And then tell them, you are so much better at this than I am. This is like one of the happiest days of my life. Right. So, Bo, tell us about your agency. My agency, I'm in uh, Bidet, Louisiana, a small town of 4,000 people. We do personal lines, commercial lines, about half and half. I've got a team, two people in the office that are doing personal lines. I've got two virtual assistants that also help with that. And then two people in commercial lines. I've got a young lady that is in college that is doing marketing and some other stuff for me. And then me. And who do you get your virtual assistants from? From this company. Y'all probably have heard of them. They're the best in the biz. IA Blueprint. Their CEO I'm just is... curious if you use the different virtual assistant company or you use the one that you created. I just... I just. I use the one that I created. Okay, okay, okay. That's cool. That would be silly not to. Yeah. So but what makes your VA special? I think a few different things. One of them is, I think, is our process of connecting virtual assistants with agents. I'm involved heavily with the front side of it between us and whoever the agent is. I will have a one-on-one conversation with whoever the agent is to help them to help discover what their real need is. And the reason I do that is a lot of times agents don't really know what they need. They just know that they're drowning and they don't really know how to fix it though. And I can talk to them and kind of get a good feel for what where they really are suffering and then help fill in that need. And then the other side of it is, you know, with the VAs, we really screen them really well. We want to make sure that they're good, hardworking people that have experience or that we're training them to do the very specific things that that agent needs. We've got a pretty lengthy interview process with them to make sure that we're not getting people in there that are not going to be good, hardworking individuals. And one of the things that I love about IA Blueprint and what you've created is the back end of it and what you provide to help their quality of life be better. I guess let me back up a little bit first and let me just say that, you know, whenever I first hired my first VA for our office, I got to know the individual and just started to understand how much life was different there than it is here. We all know it's really good here in the States, but, um, but, you know, once you actually talk to somebody and get a good feel for what's actually going on, you know, I was a little bit compelled to say, okay, I'm in a position where I can help people in another country to have a better quality of life. And we pay them a lot more than what they would make there. But also we offer health insurance and also offer them training opportunities. We just recently signed a deal with the National Alliance to offer training on top of the other training that we do. So that literally going forward, every virtual assistant that will come through us will have their CISR designation to help really make them a really top quality employee for the agents they work for. Stepping away from that, I want to know what your idea of success is. Enjoying the things that you do and you having some sort of positive impact on the people that you come in contact with. So if you looked back 20 years ago, how has that changed? I was more self-centered, I would have to say, 20 years ago, and more focused on what I would get out of the work that I do. I was not as happy in what I did then either. Probably about 10 years ago, I kind of woke up and 
had a paradigm shift, I guess you can say, and began focusing a whole lot more on the impact that we have on our clients and also the impact that I have on my staff and their families and focused on that a lot more. And that's really made a lot of positive impact. The agency has grown tremendously since then. I've developed IE Blueprint now. Whenever I first started, you know, we had four employees. Now I've got between the two businesses, I've got about 35 and I just love what I do. I enjoy getting up every day and going to work and doing what I do and pouring into other people's lives to see that they are in a better place than they would have been if they were working with somebody else. So Shane, over the last 10 years, how have you seen Bo's business evolve and then how has his work-life balance evolved? I think just watching Bo and his progress just individually and, and then as a business leader, it's just been this intentional, I'm going to do this, we're going to go this direction, we're going to change the way we look at things. I mean, you moved your entire agency from basically non-standard dominant agency to a standard preferred agency in a very difficult marketplace. Louisiana and across the river, it's Mississippi. It's these a lot are, better. These are two, <laughs> these are two difficult insurance states. You've been able to do this and improve just the whole attitude. It's just this realization and really this exciting progress to watch over the last decade of just improving his agency. But as he improved his agency, his work-life balance improved, his attitude improved, everything. All of these things contribute to business owners, agency owners. Both so many of our listeners are starting an agency or they're thinking of starting a new agency. What is the one thing that you wish that you had known before going into this business. Know what your strengths are. Have some sort of a goal and start working towards that. Don't ever lose sight on what the real focus is. The real focus is the service that you offer to your clients. I think too many times we focus on what my benefit's going to be. And the reality is if you focus on what the benefit is to the clients that you serve, the money's going to follow. To get, you have to give. It's a biblical principle. Another thing, I guess, is just look for people that are further down the road than you are and ask them for help. I did that a lot. You have to humble yourself and you have to admit whatever your weaknesses are, but you'll go a lot further if you'll do that. What would you have done differently? I'd have started those things earlier. I started about 10 years ago on those things. I want to back up just a second because I think you shift a little bit when you talk about the benefit for the customer as you build an organization and you have more people. I think about what is this benefit or what is this opportunity for your people? Like it, it moves from a leadership standpoint. Yeah, it's still always about what's best for the client and how does this benefit the client? But it also moves into this, how does this benefit my people? How does this benefit the people that work for me that I'm responsible for in terms of leading my business? And one of the things that agents that I talk to seem to struggle the most with is letting go the delegation. How would you advise an agent agency owner to get over that hump or reach that point to actually let go a little bit? There's two things. One of them is examine your motive of why you will not let it go. Is it pride? Is it trust issues? Take a look at yourself and just examine why will I not let this go? And then figure out what the problem is there. Once you get through that and you realize, I just can't seem to let it go because I'm scared. Well, stop being scared. And then just look at whoever the people you have around you and ask, could they do this at least, like Tanya said, 80% as as well as I could. They probably can do it better. They may be more equipped to do it. And then you can move on into the other things you need to focus on 
to grow your business. So what has surprised you the most through this process? How hard it was to let some of those things go. That's probably the first thing. Because I know whenever I start thinking about it and growth and knowing that I got to hand different things over, I think the hardest part is really letting it go because I still find myself checking in and then having to apologize for butting in when I've already given something to somebody. That's probably the most surprising thing. The second thing is just how much they impress me whenever I do trust them with something. I'm still thinking about something that happened yesterday with a young staff member at my office that was telling me about something that they were thinking through and doing for me. And I was just sitting there thinking, at your age, I did not have that capacity to understand that. And that's happened just a ton of times. So if you had an extra hour in your day, how would you spend it? Reading. Reading something to help me to lead my team further. What's a common myth that you think exists about being an independent agent? You get your license, you get some companies, and then you start making a lot of money. It's a lot of hard work for several years, but it's not going to be just a natural progression to where you're just going to have massive amounts of free time and lots of cash flowing in. I think that's probably a big myth. With a lot of intentionality, you can get there. I think most businesses, and as a business owner, if you're not careful, the business will own you and run you. I think that's a Probably the biggest myth. Did you ever think about giving up? Oh gosh, a lot of times. What kept you in the business? Several different things. One of them is I'm in a family business and I've got people that are dependent on me. This sounds a little arrogant, but I knew I was the best person in the room to keep it going for the good of those people that were dependent on it. Another is I've got mentors in my life that I talk to that have talked me off the ledge several times. Now it's really, it's just almost instinct. I just feel like I don't know what else to do, but to keep on pushing now. It's something you slowly grow into, I think. And you create your own momentum. Yes. You're past the point of no return. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> You're beyond the tipping point. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Winston Churchill is quoted as saying, if you're going through hell, keep going. But <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been there. But, <laughs> but I think, but you know, but definitely you build this momentum and there's these people that are dependent on you. So why would you quit? Yeah. Maybe you decide not to do something because just maybe it's just not the best direction for you, but quitting is just a terrible thing to do. I, I agree. We're going to the transfer portal, college sports. It is one year. Alabama softball. Six or seven players went into the transfer portal mm-hmm. in June or May or whenever that was. I mean, four of those seven were freshmen, just finished their freshman year. Instead of going back at it, instead of working harder, instead of I need to get better, looking at myself, I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go go to a different place. Is that generational or what is that? Tell me what that is. Opportunity. And, and you didn't have that opportunity. So yeah, that's changed. I don't know. About. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get it. And I agree. I was just trying to give an answer. I don't know. Opportunity. Well, I, you know, I think opportunity is one thing. I think giving up is another thing. Like, if you're in a position and it's apparent to yourself, you're being honest with yourself and you just know this is not the best place for you. You can't make the best impact for yourself, for your family, for the people around you doing what you do, but you could somewhere else. That's opportunity. Yeah. Change what you're doing. That's not quitting. That's not the same thing. But if it's just hard, don't quit. Life is just hard. I mean, there's always stuff that's going to be hard. And you will always find that the best things in life are on the backside of something that was hard. So how much of your success do you think came from hard work 
versus luck. There's a lot of hard work in there, but the hard work seems to make you more lucky. It seems to put you in positions where you're able to benefit more from, I guess, what you could just really call luck, I guess, to some degree. I feel so fortunate and blessed because, you know, I came from a really humble background. I don't have a college degree. I came from a very poor family. Fun fact, I'm named after a revenuer that used to arrest my rest of my grandfather for moonshining. Okay. <laughs> Very humble I background. didn't know that. That's a new one. I had no idea. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. But I have just found as I work hard and I keep my focus on others that there's just this natural law that I just keep receiving. And I feel like almost everywhere I go that I'm treated better than I ought to be. I guess you could call that luck. I have a lot of that. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Get a mentor. I think any business owner needs to find a mentor. Whether it's a friend or something like that, just you need to find somebody that has gone further in your type of business than you have and that will be honest with you and that you can be honest with them. They will help check you about whatever your different ideas are and will help run it through a filter that maybe you can't because they're on the outside looking in and you may be completely driven by some sort of emotional feeling about it and they can see outside of that and they've already been to the other side so they can give you some good advice. So on the flip side, what's the worst piece of advice you could be given? The worst piece of advice I think I ever was given was to stay in my own territory. Whenever I was first about 10 years ago trying to change our agency, as Shane mentioned earlier, we were a heavy non-standard auto agency. Probably 75% of our book was non-standard auto and low value dwellings. And uh, that's very labor intensive, but it was the majority of what was in my community. It's very rural area, economically depressed. I'm not a small town next to a big town. 50 miles around me is maybe 30,000 people. There's just not people there. To grow to the type of agency I wanted to be, I had to get outside of my geographic area. And as I was talking to different people, trying to find that mentor for me, a lot of the advice I got was, you need to not try to get outside of your area. Because you know, a typical agency is, they're the guy that everybody knows and loves in the town. A lot of my new clients were not in my town, but were growing, developing what we need to be. And that's not for everybody. But if I wanted to be the kind of agency I wanted to be, I had to adapt to that. And so you were my agent for quite some time mm -hmm. when I lived in Louisiana. And I can honestly say that your service is second to none. So I would love for you to share with our listeners your concept of service. I really think of it in this is whoever the client is, always think about what is in their best interest. What is the best thing for them? Try to put yourself in their position and think about them. And remember that people will call you sometimes and they're upset about something. It's got nothing to do with you. It's whatever is either going on in their life at that moment or whatever else is going on in their life. It's got nothing to do with you. you got to set that aside and focus on how do I help this person right now? If we keep that in mind, we're going to help them. We're going to get through whatever that situation is and be more clear-headed about what the best approach is for them. What piece of advice would you give to a new agent, someone starting in this business, someone thinking of going from a producer to being an agency owner? If you were their mentor, what would you tell them? I'd tell them first, know your client who your target client is and don't deviate from it. Say no to everybody that does not fit that. Know that it's going to be hard for a few years, but stick it out. Find yourself a mentor. 
and talk with them about your business regularly. Listen to the advice they give. It may not always be the best advice, but at least listen to it and consider it. I think if you do those things right there, I think you'll do really well. What is the one thing about Shane you've always wanted to know but were afraid to ask? I'm not that scary of a guy. And you also think you're funny. And I also am pretty funny. Well, I've not ever really been scared of you, but I don't know that I ever really thought you were that funny either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't have one. I usually will just ask whatever the question is. I don't always know my boundaries. <laughs> that's another that's another fact about me. <laughs> so last question. What is the best compliment that you would give yourself? I'm good at enabling others. Ooh, that's a great one. You want to give yourself a quick plug? How do people find you? They can find me at R-E-E-D dot I-N-S-U-R-E is our website for Reed Insurance. And then for IA Blueprint is www.iablueprint.com. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.